jump into it real quick James Harden gets to the Nets he got his way that's where he wanted that's where he said he would go I think he just wanted out I don't even know if the Nets was number one on his list were they number one on his list they were number one on his list he specified okay. that's where he wanted to go okay so good for him he he got to where he wanted to go what's your what's your what was your initial reactions when the news broke Okay, so when the news broke, I was again. I'm not. I'm not that guy that's opposed to superstars teaming up. That doesn't bother me. In fact, I think it's. I think it's cool when these players can take their careers into their hands and team up with one another. Now, him going to the Nets with KD and Kyrie already there. Him and KD played with each other. There, I believe they've still been friends while they both while they you know weren't teammates anymore. So. I saw no issues there. I'm like, okay, those two would gel well. Him and Kyrie, on the other hand, um, not to say their styles are similar, but they're both ball-dominant guards. I didn't know. I don't know how that's going to bode too well. Um, so I was, I, I would say overall, I was a bit skeptical about him going there. It, it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, like okay, so when... Miami Heat got the big three. You had a guard and two forwards, and you had a forward that was more so a big in Bosch where he can play the five and a four. You had a forward in LeBron where he can pretty much cover the four to the two, you know, easily. And then you had Wade who didn't necessarily, he wasn't a playmaker where he played point, but he was a solid two guard, and you know he stayed in the two position. So none of them more so didn't step on each other's toes. The most you can say was Wade and LeBron probably stepped on each other's toes because their style of play, they they both, you know, slashed to the baskets. They weren't necessarily set up shooters. But LeBron was more of a playmaker than scorer. So in that sense, he didn't step on Wade's toes too much. So when you see that big three coming together, it's like, man, all of those guys, if put in the right position, they can all complement each other's game. I don't see that with this big three. On top of that, Typically, when you do put three stars together on a new team like this, year one, they don't win shit. Because well, they got to win shit. Nah, you don't you don't make this trade and these niggas don't try to get out here like they need to win shit. If they don't make it's it's finals or bust for them. Oh, see, that's the thing, man. I, I can't say that. Um, I know they got a new coach. It's a it's a new team. I mean, everybody just got there, literally, except Kyrie. He's been there, but the coach, the 
I mean, Kevin Durant, he's just got off an injury. It's still a new team. I'm not. I'm going to check I'm you not, right there. Lakers made a trade. They got AD. They had a brand new coach that they never had before. And in their first year of the new coach and LeBron and AD being together, they won a championship. When LeBron, Wade, and Bosh got together, they went to the final. It's finals or bust. I'm not saying they got to win, but if they don't make it to the finals, it's finals or bust. Uh, okay, I can see that because when when we got the big three, the only person that was it was only two people still under contract. That whole Heat team was blown up. The only people that was still under contract was like Wade and Haslam. Nope. And then Haslam wasn't even the one. I oh yeah, because no, no, no. You're right. You're right. Because Haslam was actually tempted to go to Utah. I can yeah, name you the guy. It was Carlos Arroyo from FIU. Carlos Arroyo. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. That's your guy. You got on the FIU shirt. Hey. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, no, you got a point. Um, I, I'm still not saying, although you make a good argument, I don't have anything to oppose it. I'm just saying it's not finals or bust in my butt. Now, next year, I would put them in that category. But this year, I give them some wiggle room. Get out of here with that shit. Here, here's my initial reaction to that, right? I'm all for player empowerment. All, all these, all these super teams that formed after, uh, after LeBron and them got together. All of these, all these super teams, all these people moving around, they LeBron's sons. That's how I look at it, right? Because after the decision, the decision to me is the beginning of the player empowerment era, like where where players were like, no, nah, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna do like a, a one and an option year because I'm gonna be in full control of my of my career. I'm going to start demanding, no, I want you to get this person. I want you to get that person. This is how we're going to get results. You got to listen to me. I know what I'm doing. I'm the one on the court. Let me tell you how to do this shit, right? LeBron ushered that era in. And being who he is, he brought in results. LeBron had been in the championship game every year, except for what, one year in the last 11 years? 10 out of 11 years, LeBron had been in the championship. Because he was hurt that one year. Hurt. Only because he was hurt. <laughs> they was on pace to make the playoffs and everything. Exactly. So LeBron has ushered in like, hey, this is how you do it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people ragged on, on KD for going and joining already a super team. Because they, regardless of what you said about Golden State, they were already a monster team. They got two superstars on that team. And, and Draymond is, is superstar, like, He's not on a level, but he dare. Like Draymond Green is a defensive player of the year level player. Draymond Green is a superstar in my book. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna play, look at the stat sheet game. Fine, play that. He doesn't look good on paper, but if you see what he contributes to that team oh, on defense and how he helps run that offense, he is a superstar through and through. hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing that. That. I, I'm just you know, for for perception. People, not everyone perceives Draymond Green as a superstar. I can understand that. Right? So you have KD went and joined that team. So even at that point, a lot of people ragged on him like, God damn, I, you literally selling your pride for your ring because he's the same niggas that beat you. A lot of people felt that way. I'm you not one it. of them, but I, I, but you I heard see. It. You heard it. I'm yeah, not, I'm no, not no, no, I'm, not no, 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 no. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're absolutely right in everything you're saying. I'm just saying, me personally, I didn't feel that way about KD, but continue. But the way KD did it, KD 
went over there during free agency, handled his business or whatever. My, my only, how he got to, how you get from Houston to Brooklyn, do your thing, sir. I, I, I'm not mad at you wanting to go there and join your friends to create a super team. I, to me, I, that's good basketball because I like to see fun basketball. That's going to be a fun team to watch, right? But for you on your way out, like you, you the antics that he was pulling was was whack to me. That's that's the only thing, because it, it's the it's the game, it's the it's the it's the business of basketball. You you want to you want to make moves and, and get to a team to win you a championship. I'm cool with that, but the. We talked about it on this podcast. The NBA set rules with the coronavirus. He was out there. Fuck that. He at the strip clubs. He going to eat whatever he want. He going to do whatever he want. The dude came back way overweight. He's still dropping 40. I'm not knocking him. I mean, he still got skill. He's still talented as fuck. But you can tell the nigga out of shape. The the the, the way he kind of disrespected his team. They, the, his teammates came out saying he was being super disrespectful to them. Like, we nine games in and you talking, you talking shit about us and Oh, it's just not going to work here. We done with it. Like he, he literally shitted on the organization in the city for that to be his final push. So he could be like, they could just be like, Hey, we got, we got to get this man up out of here. And to me, I just don't like the way he went about it. Toward he the pulled, end. He pulled one of them numbers. That AB pulled. He did some shit like say, AB. Yeah. Or where you want to break up with a girl, but you don't have the balls to break up with her yourself. So you become a really shitty boyfriend, hoping she breaks up with you instead. Wow. Go ahead, perspective. Go ahead, perspective. <laughs> That's how you know we used to be some fuck niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, but yeah, the way he went about it was... It was trash. It was trash. Yeah, it was trash, but it is what it is. I agree. I agree. I just don't want you to, I don't want him, the way he 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 talked on Houston as if they didn't try, they literally gave you they you gave you everything Howard, you wanted. You, they got him. You wanted Chris Paul. They got him. You wanted your homeboy from, from Little League, from, from, from AAU games. They went and got Westbrook. It didn't work. You saying all this helps me understand a point somebody else made. So somebody made a point and I didn't have a chance to hear them explain this point. And what they said was, this trade is is going to weigh heavier on Harden than it will on Kyrie or KD. And when they said it in my head, I'm thinking like, why would it weigh more on him? But whatever, I had to do something. So I didn't hear them finish arguing out their point. Now, what, what, now with what you're saying, that Houston team gave him everything he wanted. They gave him, like you said, they gave him Chris Paul. They gave him Westbrook. They gave him, um, it was another... Uh, big that he, he had Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. So they gave him other players that he felt he could have worked with, but it didn't quite work. Now with Chris Paul, they damn near beat that Golden State team. If Chris Paul didn't get hurt, we could be having a different conversation right now. But I mean, it's neither here nor there. The game is the game. I'm not making right. up nothing. No, no, the no. no. I'm the, with you. I, oh. I'm just saying we you we trying to create a scenario where it could be right. something different, but it's not. Yeah, it is what it is. So now we're having this conversation. So with all that Houston has done, Houston still delivered. They gave you your number one destination that you wanted to go. You're playing with, and within KD, you're playing with a top five player in the league. With Kyrie, you're playing with another all-star. 
So now this is probably, other than that young OKC team, this is the most loaded team you've been on. Mm-hmm. And if you don't deliver, more so than Kate, because KD already won two rings, Kyrie won a ring. You're the only one that doesn't have a championship under your belt. So you're going to be low-hanging fruit to these sports heads when they come to trashing that team. You're going to get it the worst. Eh, Kyrie doing a good job of making it okay for him to be around. <laughs> Kyrie with all the shit he got going on and not showing up and shit. I don't get his deal, man. I think he's going through something more mentally than 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 anything else. I think he's really going through something. I think we need to some of us need to reevaluate how we how we talk how we talking about it. But I haven't really dived into I'm so worried about what's going on in my team. I haven't really dived into Kyrie's situation, but um I I, I think maybe that there's more to that than everything. And he, he did just get in trouble for being at some party, apparently. Yeah, and I don't think he was wearing a mask either. And from what I understand, they find the hell out of him. Like he got he got fined. $50,000 for it, and he has to pay back for every game he's he has to miss, he has to pay back that salary. I think it, I think it's $800,000. So not only do they not pay him, he has to give the team $800,000. No, uh, he doesn't get paid for the games that he missed because of it. Okay, so they just withhold the check. Right. Oh, okay, then that's cool. I'm about to say, damn, they don't pay you, and on it's top of that, fine. you got to get... Still yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but the way they make it sound, I mean, but that's like normal work. If you don't go to work, you don't get paid for most people. If you're salaried, then that might be a little different. But in this case, if you're an hourly employee, you don't go to work, you don't get paid. They don't say, hey, we're going to fine you for whatever your daily rate is. No. But in the NBA, they say you're going to get fined for this type of money. And it's like, shit. Now I'm thinking they got to pay. It. But if they're saying, hey, you didn't play, so we're not going to pay you, that makes all the sense in the world. No, it, it makes sense. Um, so but, now I'm thinking, like, if you have an excused absence, let's say, like, hey, look, my stomach hurt, and it's not basketball oh, you related. You get paid. You still get that $800,000. Damn. You get paid. You're sick. You're out sick. You still get paid. Right. But this is you fucking up. That's right. us. And then there's all the other shit that he has going on. But well, speaking of him fucking up and not being around, did you see the stat line today? No, talk to me. So today the Nets played Orlando. Durant stat line was 42 points, four rebounds, five assists. He went 16 for 26 shooting on the field. He went five for eight from three-point land. James Harden scored 32 points, had 12 rebounds, 14 assists. He went eight of 18 from the field. He went three of 10 for three-point land. But he got to the foul line, the foul line a bunch. He went three from he went 13 of 15 from the foul line. KD played 40 minutes, Harden played 39. And uh they beat Orlando. They beat Orlando 122 to 115. Now, my thing is, if Kyrie is fucking up like this, and these two got chemistry out the gate like this. But after seeing that stat line, now I'm thinking, you got a solid shot of being a strong team with just these two and just get you a solid role player. Like somebody who would be perfect as a starter on that team. What's the name of that dude y'all got from the Clippers? Montrez Montrez Mm -hmm. Harrell. Did I say his name right? Yeah, Trez. Trez. 
a guy like him on that team, perfect fit. But he's good where he's at, though, in L.A. But I'm saying a guy like him he damn would sure be is. great in Brooklyn. Now, with that being said, I will not be surprised if the heads in those office are thinking, who the hell we can send Kyrie to to get a guy like that? Because you don't need another superstar, per se. Just get another solid guy. Y'all might be really good. They got to get back their depth a little bit. Maybe they, they might want to get some other guys, you know. Kyrie could get you two, three players, depending on who you're giving them to. Does Kyrie have a no-trades clause on his contract? I'm unsure. If he doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at those options. Because if I was in the front office, that's what I would be doing. No, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, at the end of the day, I hope all them antics with James Harden stop. Like I hope he just get back to being in back, get he get in shape, he get back to you know classic basketball. Like I want I want to see the team work. Like I honestly want to see them work together. I don't personally believe that that the way it's formulated right now, it's gonna work. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know how the Kyrie and James Harden dominant ball handlers that they have to be to make their game work. I don't know how that's going to gel, but I would want to see them work at it. You know what I mean? Right. No, definitely. Like you said, more so than your team, you're also a fan of the game and you want to see good basketball. Granted, you want to see your team win first and foremost. You want to see your team win, but at the same time, you want to see good basketball. We will. We will. Um, I heard you when you said it the first time. You didn't have to say it too much. No, I just want to make sure you heard me. Um, I heard you. I heard you. Because <laughs> uh, people was coming at me like, oh, you know, they got it's Kyrie, KD, and Harden over there. You know, the Lakers, y'all scared. And I'm going to tell you the way what I told my homeboy when he hit me up. I said, James Harden, Miami Gardens, that nigga over there farting. Fuck that. Lakers in five. And that's where yeah. I stand. <laughs> no, I mean, again, they don't look. This man, what, what, what what's your record? Eleven and three, right now. As of right now, as okay. of right now, we won last night. As of eleven and three, the best player on the team is playing his career low in minutes. AD ain't even going to his second gear now game yet. Y'all niggas just plan to get to the playoffs. And when y'all get to the playoffs, it's another ball game. Man, man, the Lakers ain't worried about nobody right now. Surely, surely. I mean, I- that video you played, that was funny. And I mean, LeBron even laughed at it. He retweeted it. But them niggas looking at them niggas over there in LA, they see that trade and they like, man, we ain't worried about these niggas. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, at the end of the day, I hope the team, uh, I hope James Harden cuts that shit out. Uh, get back I to think basketball. He will. No, I think so. Um, I, if if not though, the team needs to hold them accountable, and and Brooklyn fans need to hold them accountable. Let's hold on to that accountable note. Let's bring in the let's bring in the podcast.
Ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, episode 31. 31. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be... Frank, let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. I wanted you to, I wanted to hold on to the account of, to, you know, holding people accountable thing, because earlier this week, we talked about holding each other accountable. You brought up the idea of accountability partners. Break that down for the people. Yeah, so um, basically what an accountability partner is, like if you're working towards a goal, sometimes life can happen and you can get distracted, you could get knocked off track, you could get discouraged. A lot of things can happen between you and the goal you're trying to achieve. And basically what an accountability partner is, is somebody, which is, is somebody to help keep you in check, somebody to help keep you on the right have to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish now this isn't somebody that's helping you or holding your hand along the way it's just a friend that's giving you a gentle nudge and saying hey you got this you can still do it are you doing the things you need to do if not why not and they're basically whenever you don't feel like holding that mirror up and facing yourself as to why you're not doing what you need to do your accountability partner's responsibility is to hold that mirror up in front of you and say hey this is the person you're letting down. You need to have a talk with them. So I know last year, although last year was a productive year for me, there was still some stuff that I wanted to do that I didn't quite get done. And there was a couple of things that I felt I could have did a better job staying on top of. So that's why I brought it up to you. Like, you know, this year is part of our professional goals. Let's be each other's accountability partner. So we could share whatever goals we're working on and then we could just check in with each other. I mean, we talked to each other three, four times out the week anyway. I figured this would probably be something cool to add to the show where we could share some of these goals. And just every now and then, maybe probably once every two to three episodes or maybe once a month. We check in. We'll have a segment where we check in with each other. You know what I mean? And if the listeners want to kind of follow along, they can. If not, it's cool. But we could just check in with each other. They don't have to be long and drawn out. Just, hey... How's things going with this? What have you been doing? And that way they could they could hear the pitfalls we hit. They could hear the small successes we have. And when it's all said and done, they could see the path we took to get to whatever successes we're trying to achieve. You want to start first? We go one goal, one goal. Yeah, yeah let's do one goal, one goal. All right. Go ahead. So, hit us with the first one. First goal that I would like to accomplish is... Uh, this was more like a, a, a weekly task type goal, and that is to be more organized. Because in the other episodes, I mentioned finishing my breakfast. And I think last year, that was something I struggled with, it was finishing my breakfast. And I felt if I was more organized, if I put more effort into being organized, I would have did a better job with that. So this year, that's one thing I'm striving for. Um, the things that I've done so far to uh, help me with this. I got notebooks where I write down my goals um, or to-do lists. I also have an app in my phone where I'm keeping track of this stuff and I do my best to check off stuff daily that that needs to be accomplished. Um, one method that, uh, that I came across and it helps because sometimes your to-do list can, it could get daunting where you continue to add items. 
Now it looks like you got 101 things to do that day. And basically what the advice was that I read was kind of slow yourself down, look over your whole list, you find three things that you need to get accomplished that day. And then that way things become more digestible. You break it down into a more manageable size. So once you get those three things out of the way, great. Now you can just knock off extra items. So that way you feel accomplished. You get a, a small sense of euphoria because you you accomplish the goal you set. And that and you also don't feel overwhelmed. So that's one of the things that um, I'm implementing and I'm trying to stay on top of. Again, since this isn't a habit that I had that I've had in the past, I have to continue and and consciously work towards it to make this a positive habit that I develop. No, no, that's what's up. I'm, I'm, organization is the key to productivity. I tell that to everybody. Uh, I think if you don't have, like, I'm like you, I literally write a full list. At the start of every week, I write down a full list of my major tasks. There are going to be little things that show up that will get added to the list. But at the beginning of every week, every Monday or whatever the start of my week is, I literally sit down and I just write it out. Even if I'm repeating stuff that's carried over from a previous week that now had to, you know, just either just because of priorities just got pushed back. I keep it and I make sure that those are the first things that go on my list because those are things that don't need to continue to get pushed down. Those are things that need to be tackled early on in the week so that I don't fall behind. Cause that's how you end up getting things that just start lingering. And then once it falls into another week's list it falls into another week's list. Now you're looking at it like, fuck, damn. Now here's the, here's, here's my deadline and I'm fucked. Like I had a whole month to do this and it's falling on this, on this to-do list so many times. And people take to-do lists for granted. Cause you know, you're like, oh, I know what I gotta do, whatever, whatever. But sometimes when you put it on paper like, like we're putting this on, like we're putting this over the airwaves. We're, we're writing it down and we're holding ourselves. You're going to hold me accountable. I'm going to hold you. When I put it on that paper, I'm going to hold myself accountable because I'm literally going to watch myself skip it every day if I want to push it back. And that stuff starts to weigh on you. It's, it's really helpful. That's why when you said that, that writing it up, writing it down, I think that's super helpful. Um, mine is almost on the same vein. Uh, I want to work on my time management. As I, I haven't said it on, on the podcast, but I, I spoke about the interview that I had. I did get the position. Um, Congrats. Do we have a round of applause? Uh, audio that we can insert right there? I thought a round of applause, a little laugh track in there. Ah! If not, I'm happy yeah. for you, man. I'm proud of you, boss. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so, you know, recently I got that. I got the promotion. I, I now manage, you know, a, a team of people at this point. Uh, at the job and I have to work on my time management because after this first week, that's what got me the most was time management. Cause I, cause at currently as I'm transitioning into this new role, we haven't hired for my current for, for the role I'm leaving. So I'm still doing two jobs. So right now this week I felt overwhelmed. Like when we got to our normal recording day, I, me and Frank were trying to talk lockdown times. And I said, Hey dog, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a mulligan. We gotta do this tomorrow. Like I just, I am burned out. I had to just go get a drink. Like I, I was the week just not that I even. And the crazy thing is, I didn't drop the ball on anything. I was up on my shit. 
but I felt overwhelmed. I felt like the wave just kept crashing and crashing and crashing. I had this, I had that. Not, not only am I doing my job, I have to now stop as a, as a, as a manager and help people get their jobs done. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not a, I, I never want to be a micromanager, but I want to help you strategize to get to your, to get from point A to point B. Because at the same time, that's still team members and y'all still have a bigger goal that y'all trying to accomplish. Exactly. And as I said to them in our first, our first team meeting is I'm a reflection of you and you're a reflection of me. So our output is really what's important. What happens within, however we get from point A to point B, I'm okay if you and you have different ways to get to point A to point B, but we still get the same result. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to be somebody that needs to be like, no, you got to do it my way. That's not, that's that to me that those are people who do too much. Like you're doing too much. You start to overbear your, your, your employees. And I don't want, I, I hated having managers like that. And I said, I would never be that, but I will right. hold you accountable to the things that I require of you. Right. So as you should. Right. So I, I, I have started working on, on scheduling the things I need to work on a bit more, you know, like before I would just write them down and be like, okay, I'm gonna hit this. I'm gonna hit that. I'm gonna hit that. But I've started giving myself, I blocking out my day for certain things. Like I need to work on this around this time. I need to work on this around this time. Now, sometimes that's going to shift and that's fine. Cause you're going to have things that come at you every day. But if you block out the time to tackle shit, that's just specifically things that you call high priority on your schedule. Like say, I'm going to make sure I do two hours from, from 10 to 12. I'm going to work on, on major things that's on my list and on my list alone. That's fine. Cause guess what? If you're, if you're, if somebody needs something, if, if it can't wait two hours, then, you know, something catastrophically is wrong. But right. if, if you, if you can give me two hours to block out my day to really tackle shit, that's super important that I can't let fall by the wayside you could get a lot done in a solid two hours of, of just right. blocking people out. Now, Hey, all calls got to be, unless you're my boss or something like that, unless you're like somebody who, who really putting the money in my pocket. That's like, I can, I can return your call. The world isn't going to end in two hours. I mean, I mean, we do live in the world where Trump is still the president for a couple more days. So it could end <laughs> in two hours. Guy, I could be, I could be talking completely wrong on that. And we'll dive into that at another time, but yeah. Yeah. But time management. But go ahead. No, time management is a good one. And you brought up a, a good point when it comes to time management. Because like you said, it's in the same vein. And one of the things in helping me get organized that I've also come across was uh, a person mentioning um, blocking out in your calendar set times with stuff and being committed to that. And the thing where I struggled with that was my day is always changing. Some days I can have set to do X, Y, Z. I get an email, I get a call and it changes everything because it's a client that I'm dealing with or something comes up and it's super important. Like for example, um, last week, uh, I picked up some flyers for FND and my goal was to take these flyers, drop them off at the store, then leave. I didn't plan on being there no more than 10 minutes. So I go drop off the flyers and we just recently hired a new young lady to help with the, with the store. Literally, it was her second day. It was my first time meeting her in person. My brother did the hire. So I met her, 
dropped off the paper. The other young lady who was there, she's like, hey, I'm going out to lunch. She takes off because she had to go to go to lunch and do some other things. So I'm like, all right, cool. Then I'm like, okay, well, who's going to be here with you while she's gone? And she was like, uh, I don't know. I was just going to be here by myself. I'm like, so no one has trained you to operate the register. You're not trained to do this. You're not trained to do that. It's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to stay here with you. I'm going to train you on these things while I'm here. So I ended up having to stay about another two hours at the store to train her. And she did great. Like she ended up making a, um, helping some customers out that made uh, a purchase that was over $200. So it, it worked out she brought good. brought in sales. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but it's like, if I wasn't there to catch that, that could have ended ugly, you know? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was, again, that was two hours that I already had planned for something else, but I had to pivot and do that. So I know that portion of my goal is going to be difficult to block off time and stay committed to it. But again, um, you just had a quote earlier. You said organization is the what to productivity? No, I said organization is the key to productivity. There you go. Organization is the key to productivity and that's, that is why that's one of my top goals for the year. Cause I know if I were to be able to get organized, the other things that I'm striving for will fall into place. All right. All right. My second goal is in the same vein as my first one. Um, in order to, to manage my time to, to, to help push my own productivity outside of the office, but into like the other ventures that I want to do. Like another goal of mine is to launch the YouTube channel this year. I want you to hold me accountable to that. Uh, Your fashion YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the fashion lifestyle YouTube channel. I want to. I want to start that this year. I, I want you to hold me accountable to that. Check in with me. See where my. See where I am with it. Like, what's the steps? What am? What's holding me up? Like things like that. And I know some of the stuff is time management. Trying to find time to get this shit done. Um, I want to. I, I want to. There's one thing I feel like will be a major part in me uh, managing my time better is I want to have less social media consumption. I want to use social media to help build build my build this brand, the Samurai Podcast brand, my own personal brand. But outside of that, I think there's a lot of time spent on social media, and God knows. This week in particular, let me tell you, let me hear, let me let you hear the soundtrack to my to my week this week. This has been the soundtrack to my fuck week. With you. Now, ready? Yeah. <laughs> You just gave away my old school and new school vibe in one shot. <laughs> we'll tackle it. We'll, we'll tackle it in a second. But, bro, the amount of busted challenges I have watched on not just Instagram, but Twitter as well, because Twitter Twitter does a good job of just throw, putting together a good thread for you. Man. I was sitting in my new office at one point, had one headphone in there, and I'm just sitting in a new office like this just, Deep Man, I, was looking, <laughs> I was looking at so many of them things. I got to the point where I was just skipping to like the 10 second mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 
Fuck all that extra shit you doing at the beginning. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to hear Nelly anymore. Let me just skip to the beat drop. Nah, bust it. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> you That's feel me? Let's see how she look. Hey, hey, it had got to a point where like, you know, sometimes people try to be funny and do like, oh, you need to worry about this. You need to like, y'all like it'll do the they'll do the beginning of the busted challenge and then it'll go into like, you know, y'all need Jesus and they trying to preach at you and shit. I look, I'm all for you know everybody. Everybody needs some sort of, of higher power in their life. I'm for that. But if Twitter had a dislike button, I would have been pressing. I'd have jammed that shit. <laughs> Like, man, get your raggedy ass. <laughs> if you don't get off this busted challenge. You feel me? Or, or the girls who be like, well, since everybody been in my DM about me doing the challenge. We don't care how many people been there. <laughs> Just do it. And so we can see and get out the way. Fuck your caption. Let's go. Yeah. Bust it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. I don't, I don't care about all that, but it had got to a point like, and that, and that's not, that's just, that's just, you know, this is all a joke, but it had got to a point where I'm like, I, I, I spent a lot of time on social media and, and I think I had done a good job prior to the, prior to the pandemic and, you know, us all being home and all that. I had done a good job of really limiting how much time I consume social media. You know what I mean? Like I was good about, I don't get on social media after 10 PM. I don't get on social media, you know, on my way to work. Like I, I don't, I just don't do that. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was doing like before I got to work, before I got my day going, like I wasn't doing social media before 10 AM. Like I was literally blocking out 12 hours of just like, I'm not even going to scroll. You know what I mean? And, and I think I have to find a way to get back to that. Cause the, the being home, working from home, you could get yourself distracted. Even though you can be ultra productive, you work from home a lot. You can be ultra productive, but you can find yourself like you and me on, on Twitter talking about what's the best songs from 2000 to 2008. <laughs> we caught ourselves having full conversation. Yeah, that was a wide window. It's like, and that's like, when it comes to music, that was like our golden years. That's when I was on LimeWire and Kazaa. I was downloading songs left and right, like, at one point I was so proud of myself because I had this playlist on my computer. And if I would have just hit play from the very first song, that shit would play for three days straight and it wouldn't repeat a single song. And all of these were songs I've downloaded. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about, and this was before I knew what a discography was. I was downloading like Lucy's, like track eight from this CD and track nine. And I had 72 hours worth of music. I remember. Proud of. <laughs> yeah, and that was the shit I was proud of. Bro, when I lost that external hard drive that had all my music saved on it, bro, when I said I felt so defeated, I was so crushed. I had so much music on there. Ah. Anyways. Anyways. But <laughs> no, but yeah, it's I I a hundred percent agree with you. Matter of fact. That's going to be the other thing I'm going to need to be held accountable for, too, now that you mention it. Um, social media can be distracting, but the thing is, I have a love-hate relationship with it because social media could be a powerful tool if it's used the right way. Right. Like, even with this podcast, um, we I'm not going to lie, we get a lot of our content from social media. We engage our listeners, most of the listeners, 
most of the listeners that I converse with is through social media. So my thing is, is not cutting back. It's cutting back on social media, but cutting back on the fluff. Like the moments where I'm scrolling and it doesn't really serve me at all. Now, if I happen to hop on and I end up in an engaging conversation about something or, you know, or if there's a current event that I'm following up on, like, for example, the events that took place on January 6th, if I'm on social media finding different angles of this story, because that's one of the beauties of social media, it's one it's one outlet like Twitter, for example, it's one outlet where you can easily find multiple angles on a single subject. And um, from Twitter, we was able to see perspective from the folks on the outside looking in and then even perspective from different people on the inside looking out. We saw people who were basically selfie recording themselves commit these crimes. We had videos of people recording the events around them and they were showing police officers opening barricades and letting, you know, the rioters in. Then you go to another page and it shows another person that happens to be inside the Capitol and they're recording this young lady trying to jump through uh, a window and, and getting shot. So it's a lot of content we pull from it. And if that's, I, I would consider that productive content curating. If I'm doing something like that, cool. But if I'm doing the busted challenge for 30 minutes, stuff you was like doing that. The challenge? No, I mean, looking, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at it. I was about to say, <laughs> Frank out here clapping him, clapping his cheeks. Oh hell no! <laughs> you keep that up. You keep that in your phone, sir. Don't you post that shit. <laughs> That'll be the end of this podcast and everything oh, else I'm doing. It will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely, um, I, I'm riding that same boat with you. I want to use social media so that it works for me, and I'm not just consuming. I'm actually putting things out into the world putting out content that is bringing in either like you with, with, with views and explore you with, with all your, all your other ventures, F and D and everything us with the samurai professionals podcast soon with the YouTube channel and my own personal, like all the different brands. I want to use social media to help bring in revenue instead of me just feeding into the machine and just consuming shit that's being churned out while other people are working and I'm consuming their their creativity i should be putting stuff out there to do that and i want to get back to doing that on social media but limiting all the extra shit i just consume to consume you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean but you yeah let's do that yeah yeah well we'll both hold each other accountable for that but you did bring up uh the revolution you did bring up the revolution (laughs) (laughs) speaking of the revolution as we talked about last week donald trump got banned from damn near every social media platform like we said he can't even get no cookie recipes from pinterest like he's he that's it he's banned from everything right now i don't know how long that's gonna last he's still on msn messenger though oh okay I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we get his, like, his black, what, BBM, the Blackberry? Yeah. That, he, <laughs> he, 
Yeah, he's still on BBM. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's talking big shit on BBM. Uh, but one person in particular decided they were going to come out of their rabbit hole and speak out against this whole attack on the freedom of speech. This one particular person who you wouldn't even expect, Carrie Hilson. Carrie Hilson, who is oh. that? Let me remind you, Carrie Hilson had all sorts of big hits around like 2008, 2009. She's a major, she, she was a big writer. She's written songs for Beyonce, songs for like many R&B songs, many hit songs. She used to work with Timbaland a lot. When it comes to music, not so many people can touch her. Her credentials run long in music. In music? Yes, in music. I made sure to say that. I, that's why I repeated it, in music. <laughs> so Carrie Hilson took it upon herself to jump on her social media platform, Instagram in particular, where she screenshotted Donald Trump's account being suspended. And she wrote this caption. She says, this may be funny, but it is a little dangerous too. Take Trump out of it for a moment. A democracy must include freedom of speech. And she, sorry, it's poor grammar the way she wrote it. I'm sorry, Carrie, it's the truth. Um, imagine leaders or popular figures not being able to voice their opinion if it opposes the majority of the world's leaders. It's our freedom of speech being taken from us, slowly but surely, censorship. If the leader of the free world can be removed, imagine that same right of civilians. Imagine believing every time you read false information detected and propaganda and deceptive reports and flat out lies being the only things we see. Now, this is the issue I have. And it seems like everybody- oh, I got a lie. I'm gonna let you start real quick. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might hop in over you. Okay, no problem. This is the issue I have. And it's not just with Carrie Hilson. It's so many other people that share the same sentiment that she's sharing. People seem to confuse freedom of speech with saying whatever the fuck I want when I want. The thing is, Twitter is a private platform. It's, Amen. It's, say it. Say it. It is a private platform. Look at it. To, to, to break it down further, let's look at it this way. Say you're hosting a house party and it's an open house party. People are going to come in. People bring their friends, whatever. You're not going to know everybody's first name at this house party. Now, it's still your house at the end of the day. And let's say that one person that came to your house that can't control their liquor or their tongue when they're drunk steps on, stands on your dining room table and starts yelling out all kinds of obscenities and disrespecting the other guests at this house party. Do you not have the right to tell that person, hey, get the fuck out of my house? You absolutely have that right to tell that person, get the fuck out. Now, that person can sit and say, hey, this is a free country. I can say whatever the hell I want. And true, you can say what you want, just Outside not in my, my house. fucking house. Get the fuck out. It is simple as that. I'm going to break down what she says. I'm going to read it one more time. She says, this may be funny, but it is a little dangerous. Take Trump out of it for a moment. I'm going to stop her right there because you can't. Because everything that you talk about afterwards refers to Trump. You can't take Trump out of it because in this situation, they didn't ban him for saying shit that people don't agree with. Because she talks about when, when one world leader doesn't say things that all the other world leaders agree with. He's been, saying, he's been saying shit for 
ever. Before he got elected. Before he got elected, while he's been the president, and up until that day, he has been saying plenty of shit that he did not get banned for. He now, got see, banned. Let, let, let me, let me, let me. I'm sorry. Me. Go ahead. He got banned because what he did was incite violence and an insurrection that literally put people's lives on the line, and five lives were lost. Four of his own people that that he literally sent over there, and a cop which is blue lives matter that he always wants to throw in people's faces. So you literally put lives on the line. People died in that particular building on, on January 6th. The next five members of the succession plan were all in the same room. Yeah. That point is not stressed enough. If something was to happen to Donald Trump, Okay, the next five people who who are next, Vice President Pence, uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, Nancy Pelosi, like all the next five people who are next to in line to take over for the for the country. If something was to happen, were in that building and he sent a group of people there. With zip ties and weapons, they were they they went up there with gallows and shit. They were talking about hang Pence. There were pipe bombs. I think the FBI uh, disarmed like maybe three pipe bombs. Bruh, this wasn't a, this wasn't just some. Yeah, they wasn't going there to scare people. Like they had an agenda. They did. And if you, and as you brought up earlier about the stuff on Twitter, there's videos where you see they had help. They had full floor plans. They knew where they were going. This is another point that isn't stressed enough. And when I found this out, I don't see how the news outlets aren't infuriated by this person. There was a congressperson. I knew you was going to say it. Go ahead. Because I agree. Like, think about how fucked up that was. There was a congressperson there who was live tweeting Nancy Pelosi's location. How fucked up is that? He was letting them in. They're, they're, they've, they've caught multiple congressmen assisting. This it, was inside job. This, the person I'm specifically referring to was a woman. But yes, there were people that was literally opening doors and waving people in. To be a, a willing participant in helping people murder someone else and doing it on a public platform where all the data is saved has to be on a special, a very, very special level of stupid. I mean, God forbid, but if something were to happen to Nancy Pelosi, what do you think would have happened to you? Do you think you would have been a patriot? Do you think you would have been on the right pages of history when they talk about this event if you were to let these people to that woman and have her get tied up and killed publicly like what the fuck were you thinking i'm gonna tell you exactly what they were thinking you ready people like that when you're on that level of thinking you're asking how would they think they're going to be remembered if you as i say this all the time history is always written by the people who win okay so had they won in the way they tell their story in this revolution that they were a part of, that they're about to be a part of, had they won the way history would have told that story in their brain is they were part of the, the patriots. Cause they, that's how they considered themselves. They were patriots going up there and doing this. So they would have been considered as a hero, like people of old. It's funny that you say patriots. I saw so few American flags. I saw Trump flags. I saw Confederate flags. I saw the don't the the yellow don't tread on me flags. 
did not see many American flags. In fact, one person took off an American flag of the Capitol to string up a Trump flag. Hey, the don't tread me flag. They said the lady who was waving the don't tread me flag got trampled. trampled. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, God, hey, God forgive us for laughing, but that shit's funny. (laughs) Don't tread on me. No problem. Don't tread on me. Say less. (laughs) (laughs) No, but on Carrie's, on Carrie, put out, put out your music. At this point, people were wait like there. I'm one of those people who said there was a time with Carrie Hilson, which like she was churning out hits. Yeah, he had a big hit uh, with Neo and that other dude. Right. Yeah, she with had, the guy who we don't mention on this podcast. She had a huge hit with him. That shit was everywhere. And she put she turned out quite a few hits with Polo to Don. But she he, made great also music. Also a Trump supporter. Is he? I'm not a surprised. Big time Trump supporter. I'm not surprised. I mean, he calls himself the king of the white girls. I don't know if you remember that, but that's what wow. he referred to himself as. Totally forgot about that. Like, if I'm not mistaken, what did, what video was that? Throw some D's on it. In that video, when he makes his cameo, he's like in a drop top with like four white girls. And, and Carrie Hilson, you know, she has a million plus followers. But Carrie, I'm going to just, I'm gonna, here's a message from, from me to you. YouTube is a gift and a curse, <laughs> okay? You can find some good, insightful things. Like I use YouTube to help prepare me for my interview. But YouTube can also take you down some dark, dark rabbit holes. You got to stop smoking them blunts and going down in them rabbit holes, okay? Because you're the same woman who was out here spreading the, spreading, the, spreading the good news that 5G was causing the coronavirus. This happened. This was just a few months ago. Whatever weed you smoking, let's not smoke that no more. You need to get you a whole new weed, man. Stop that. Whatever you, whatever YouTube, you need to just go ahead and close that YouTube account and create you a brand new one. I had a homeboy who, 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 you remember when Illuminati was, was like the thing? Yeah, because like, everybody thought Jay-Z was in that shit. So I had a homeboy who literally watched YouTube at a time. Watch enough YouTube videos to believe that Jay-Z and everybody in hip-hop was in the Illuminati. He wasn't listening to any more hip-hop, any more art. All that secular music was done. That nigga said, no, I'm only listening to gospel. You could get down some crazy rabbit holes with YouTube. Now, mind you, about, about 90 uh, days later, I mean, about 90 days later, he was playing A-ball MJG. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but you could go down so, like, if you watch something long enough, you could put like you'll start to believe it. I'm gonna say, Carrie, please, just just stop, just stop. Because I also have a friend who is a conservative, not a Trump supporter, not not someone who 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 voted for him in this in this last run. He's a conservative. He's a Republican. He calls himself a Republican. His whole fear was this whole freedom of speech thing, and I want to make this very clear. You brought it up perfectly. Is that Freedom of speech, the actual First Amendment, is that government can't regulate what it is that you say. You have every right to say what you want to say. But when we join Twitter, when we join Instagram, when we join Facebook, we sign up for community guidelines and rules. It's a private company. Like you said, they can choose to allow you to do that or not. Boosie got banned and he just wanted her to put a pussy lips on the the, the phone. That's what he wanted, and he got banned. They banned Boosie? 
Oh, Boosie can help bad. You ain't, you ain't hear Boosie offer Mark Zuckerberg $300,000 to get his IG back? Seriously? I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg ain't never heard of Boosie. I'm sure he never heard about this $300,000. <laughs> that shit ain't gonna Put do that. Put your pussy lips on the camera and I'll give you $1,000. <laughs> if Boosie got banned and all he wanted to do was see some pussy, this man incited a, 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 a whole r- riot. I, I understand. I just want people to, 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 to understand these are two different things. The thing is, when it comes to, especially YouTube, a lot of people, and, and I think organizations like Fox News, QAnon, and these other far-right media outlets, they take advantage of these type of people. And when I, the type of people I'm referring to is people who have a hard time of checking their own bias and they go down these rabbit holes and it just reinforces this skewed way of thinking right? to the point where they believe this is the reality they're living. They believe this is the most fraudulent election in U.S. history. Although if you ask the experts and anybody working on it, tell you, no, this is the most secured elections we've had to date. They believe, oh, this election fraud with no proof. Every case taken up to the court were thrown out. You mean to tell me if the president of the United States were to make a request, if it was any inclination that it would be in his favor, these people wouldn't bend over backwards for him? And it's not even him personally. It's that position. That position wields that much power. And you mean to tell me people wouldn't bend over backwards to help him? But the fact that these cases are getting thrown out left and right means he absolutely had nothing, nothing to back to it up. No. Nothing. nothing. And, and, and people acting like, like Twitter not letting him speak. Donald Trump is still the president of the United States for about three more days. Okay? If he right. wants to speak, he can put out a press conference. He can call for a press conference. Every media junket will be there to display his press He has... He still has freedom of speech. No one has taken away his speech. You just can't do it. Like you said, that 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 nigga who come to your house and talking all that shit, you're like, hey, bro, you can talk all that shit, but you got to take talk it elsewhere. Right. You can't do it in Twitter's house. You can't do it on Instagram's house. You can't do it. You can't scroll through and find you, uh, you know, some new designs for your bedroom on, on Pinterest. So basically Trump became the drunk belligerent guy that nobody wants at their parties. That's all. That's that's it. That's what he became. At first, he was the drunk guy that everybody saw as entertainment. Like, oh, look at this guy. He's doing this bullshit. Let's laugh at him. Then it turns into, you know what? This shit ain't funny no more. Get him the fuck out of here. That's all it was. Exactly. To put it in layman's terms. He was the drunk guy that everybody liked because he, he gave him a, a good laugh. He took it too far. Now people didn't find that shit funny anymore. And it's like, okay, now, you know, we didn't had enough of you. You need to go. But truth is, he was the drunk asshole from the very beginning. Exactly. I can't believe we've gone on this long talking about him. And we didn't even mention the fact that the nigga got impeached for the second time. Something that's never happened before. Never. For and unfortunately, he's not going to get removed or anything. So 
I don't even know what to say about the second impeachment. It's like, okay, you impeached him again, but he's still going to be president. And it's not like he gets, because after an impeachment, it has to go to a vote where it's like majority house has to vote in favor of the Senate has to vote two thirds, two thirds of the Senate has to vote. And that's not going to happen. And even after all that's been said and done, he still has so much support and it's crazy. And in my opinion, I feel the stain he's going to leave on the Republican Party is going to last for a very long time. And I think Republicans should do their best to separate themselves from him. Because, again, it's going to get to the point where being called a Republican is going to feel like an insult. And it shouldn't be. It should just be, hey, that's your the party you're affiliate, affiliated with. I mean, the past Republican presidents, such as, you know, the Bushes and everybody else, if you called somebody a Republican, it just meant they were conservative. They they were probably, you know, somebody who made a lot of money and they were more concerned about how much money they made more so than social issues. That was the stigma behind Republicans then. Now, if you call somebody Republican, they're looking at you as if you're racist, you're, 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 a crazy Trump supporter. And do, is that a stain you guys want to live with? I don't think so, because that's not a representation of all of you. Now, people, a lot of people that I've come across who who are Republican, and I have friends and family that are Republican, and they're like, look, man, I don't even want to admit that this is the political party I'm affiliated with, because they understand what all comes with it. And it's like, look, if you guys aren't pushing the people you vote for, pushing the people you empower to separate yourselves from this shit, then yeah, y'all all gonna get all... painted with 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 a broad stroke and say, look, all y'all agree with to this bullshit. Speaking of the revolution part two, from what I understand, uh planned protests are already scheduled at all 50 state capitals yes. in this country. I guess we're gonna get our popcorn ready and see what happens. Yeah, uh, luckily I don't live in any of those states. I mean, I don't live in the, we in don't. the, in the state capital. We live so. in Miami. We don't live near no state capital. So we don't know what's happening in Florida. We don't know what's happening in Georgia, Tennessee, Wyoming, you name it. Exactly, exactly. Um, Another thing that I want to touch on before we move on from the revolution part two. Yo, did you hear about the dude with the horns who was in there with the horns and his face painted? Yeah, so he only eats organic food. Why did they just lie to him and say, yo, it's organic. Eat your ham and cheese and leave us the fuck alone. (laughs) It's organic ham and cheese. It's an organic ham and cheese. It's it's organic mayo on there. Yeah, like how how the fuck would he know? He wouldn't know. the The craziest part of that story, him refusing to eat because he's not getting organic food in jail, the craziest part of that story is that they actually... Gay, they actually are now giving him an all organic diet. That's such bullshit. Because guess what? If we, if he was black, I don't care what it is. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what you think you're gonna get. You're gonna get this ham and cheese. You Muslim, you're gonna get this ham and cheese. Shit, they would have been like, "Oh, you don't feel like eating? Well, we're not gonna feed you. See how long that lasts." You see what they did to the Muslim people who were in prison? They fed them pork, and you know they don't eat pork. But this motherfucker. Getting an all organic meal. Fuck you and your organic nigga. You better take this motherfucking high fructose corn syrup. Call it a fucking day. All right. Put that ramen in the microwave, boss. Should have fed that. 
Yeah, what? You want organic? Okay, we're going to give you McDonald's. You don't get no any less organic than that. And you know, some of the motherfuckers are out on bail and shit already. Like, no, some of the motherfuckers were released and didn't even need bail. Like, they just out waiting court dates and shit. Yeah, niggas, they were, they were sitting in the airport mad because they was on the no-fly list. Motherfuckers mad. Bitch, rent a car. You still get home. And, and the people that putting those people on no-fly list, like, that shit, that shit don't mean nothing. Half of them people, like, <laughs> half of them people, like Elizabeth from Knoxville, Tennessee, she drove there. <laughs> she, ain't yeah. get, she ain't get on no plane. She drove there. Dog, due to that executive order that the president put out, if these motherfuckers ain't seen at least 10 years, I'm going to be hot. I'm going to be hot. And then, they, you know, they. I hope none of them get charged with anything until the 21st. Because if they get charged with anything prior then, this president can pardon them. I don't want to see not now one of the motherfuckers get pardoned. Well, to be held, they got to be getting charged with something. But aren't you able to get pardoned like after you've been sentenced? Yeah, but I don't think anybody's yeah. going to get sentenced. I just think they've all been charged. You've been charged. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody's, I highly doubt any of them are going to court already. For, for Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. None of that's happening. Yeah, anyway. So I'm, yeah, anyway. Let's, let's, let's move on from the revolution. At the top of the week, Michael B. Jordan and uh, a lovely young lady named Lori Harvey decided that they were going to fuck up a lot of people's uh, mental wet dreams and post a picture of them officially coming out as being a couple. And the internet did what the internet normally does. Because Michael B. Jordan earlier this year was listed as the world's sexiest man, right? Right. And you got Lori Harvey, who the men of the hip-hop world have all been gushing over for the last, what, two or three years? Yeah. Even Meek Mill put her in a song. Lori Harvey is on his wish list. Exactly. Something about some big fish. (laughs) Whatever the fuck. That line (laughs) line was. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not... I got Lori Harvey on my wish list. So <laughs> she dated everybody but that nigga. <laughs> Ain't that the shit too? <laughs> everybody but me, me. And this, and that's to me, I'm gonna be clear. This is not me taking a shot at Lori Harvey because Lori Harvey ain't no gold digger. I'm not saying she is or anything like because Lori Harvey come from money. Yeah, at, at no point in this segment will we say anything disrespectful to that young lady because she's just being a regular she's, young lady. She's 24. She's doing shit that 24-year-old women do. Date right. other people. When we were 23, 24, we was out here dating other people. Now, she just happens to date in a pool of people that we all are aware of. That's all. And then, I mean, you never see her doing quote-unquote host shit in my opinion every picture of her i've seen have been tasteful never seen her do no messy shit like post screenshots or post recorded conversations or anything to be honest with you i don't even know what her voice sound like 
I, bro, when I tell you, you just took the word, I was literally, I was like, I can't wait to, for Frank to finish so I could say, hey, I never even heard this girl voice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. She just, she just been pretty. That's it. <laughs> She's been pretty and a mystery because I don't know. The only thing I know of her is her name. I know she dated Future. They say she dated Puffy, son. They say she dated Puffy. I don't even know how true all that shit is. Exactly. They say she she dated Trey Songs. Yeah, and like okay, and and then honestly, what y'all consider? And then it's like what y'all consider date? Like they hung out a few times with a boyfriend and girlfriend, or when you say date, you automatically assume they fucking. So you think she running through niggas? Like we don't know. I'm not at the foot of none of these beds, so don't really care. My thing is though, with all this talk of Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. The, the most interesting thing I came across, Michael B. Jordan is rumored to be, you know, a dude that only date white women. So to see him with Lori Harvey, some people saying, oh, okay, we can quote unquote, give him his black card back because now we know he dates sisters. Can you believe? Um, I didn't know anything about that, but go ahead. Oh yeah. So can you believe there's been discussions on Twitter saying, that Lori Harvey is actually light-skinned and she has green eyes and due to her proximity of whiteness, that's why Michael B. Jordan dates her. Uh, a it's few never gonna things. Be enough. It's never gonna be enough. Go ahead. A few things. First of all, the young lady's not light-skinned. Second of all, she has brown eyes. I don't know where the fuck I get this green eyes from. Third, black people come in all shades and colors. You got the dude from Grey's Anatomy who's light-skinned with green eyes. You got Michael Ely who's light green, who's light-skinned and green eyes. Are they not black? So why is it with this young woman, if she were to have those same attributes, y'all would have felt that she wasn't black enough. And that's the only thing I had issue with, that people was trying to come at her like she wasn't black enough and she was a hoe and stuff. It's like, why? I don't even know this lady from a can of paint, nor has she done anything that would rub people the wrong way. The only thing is y'all know who she dated. Like exactly. you said, she, she's she's in a social circle where it allows for the people she dates, it, it's allowed for, it makes for, for news because she dates noteworthy people. So fucking what? Exactly. Hey, you know, I've seen, I seen a lot of girls like, Oh, Lori Harvey need to teach a class. <laughs> no, you want to. And then again, if y'all want to talk about like this type of topic. Why hasn't nobody said anything about Rihanna? Rihanna dated some noteworthy people. Rihanna dated ASAP Rocky. She dated Chris Brown. She she also dated, I believe, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. She dated a billionaire. She dated Drake. She dated Drake. I mean, if y'all want to talk about people with impressive, you know, lists, Rihanna's up there. And but nobody calls her a hoe. Nobody looks at her and say, oh, she's light-skinned with green eyes and brings up her proximity to whiteness. So why y'all do this with this young lady? Like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, and by the way, that is no diss to Rihanna. Go ahead and do your thing. Yeah, I enjoy it. And, you live your life, Rihanna. Yeah, live your life. And that's the one thing I think everybody loves about Rihanna, because had they said some shit about her, Rihanna would have easily told them to fuck off. Lori Harvey is just, that's, it don't seem to be her personality. Like, she's just really quiet and don't say shit. And even the picture she put out with Michael B. Jordan, it was like them in the snow and shit. And it was like one kissing picture, maybe. 
Like, oh, this shit is light. Leave that girl alone. You know, a lot of people don't like to see other people have happiness. You know, and what I mean? think that's what it boils down same to. Thing, same thing when when Sierra uh got with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, oh, he you no know, people because of her her contrast from being with Future and then marrying Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson is gonna be compared to as hood as Future is, and then she's gonna go date this old Carlton Banks ass nigga. Like there, there's always gonna be, and that's something black people do a whole lot of. You know what I mean? Like, like black people are monolithic. Like we're like we're only one fucking thing. We can't be this, we can't be that. Russell Wilson can't be a dude. Russell Wilson play in the NFL. Not only that, that, they, that says that's the blackest fucking sport you can play. <laughs> not only that, the man plays quarterback. And if you listen to interviews with Russell when he talked about his past coming up, his father, when he was young, drilled him on how to handle media, how to talk to these folks. So that Carlton Banks comment, dude, he was groomed to put on that image because he knows that's a palatable image for the masses. We don't know what the fuck that man is like in private. We know what he's like in press conference because we've seen him there time and time again. But you don't know what he's like outside all that shit. He could probably he could probably be as hood as Marshawn Lynch. We would never know. Exactly. And then on top of that, all that you should care about is the nigga loves her and treats her right. That nigga loves the hell out of that girl. At least I believe he does. You don't hear about that dude cheating. You don't hear about that dude doing nothing bad. That nigga, he had, they done had children together and he even embraced Future's child as his own. What, what else would I even bother to care about? And, they and, both happy. And women be and women be talking trash about him. Like, oh, you know, he a sucker for doing all that. But isn't that what you would want though? How exactly. many of y'all ladies out here with a kid and, and would want a dude to come in and embrace your son as his own? Flirting with the pop one, a coach. Fuck out of here. If you don't get out of here with that shit. And you know, the pop one, the coach done knocked down half the moms on the team. Man. Three of them, his sons, and he just don't know. And I got homeboys that coach pop one. I'd be like, bro, y'all wild. Hey, when yeah. we get off that, when we get off here, I'm gonna tell you some some coaching stories. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> nigga used to work at the park. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> like, dog, y'all, y'all niggas wildin'. Like, hey and man, then, parents, you see parents every day. You be like, damn, she fun. And eventually, and, she throw you a little play, and then it's like, the shit that tripped me out, man. These little boys be looking up to these coaches. They be loving the dude, like. Doing their best to impress the guy. Coach smiling his face and hours later, tearing his mama out the frame. Like, damn. Nigga, look up to you, fam. <laughs> his mom was looking up to me, too. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on. <laughs> damn. Shout out to the working at the park days, man. Good times. Good times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day, I brought up a tweet to to Marvin that I'm gonna share with y'all. And basically, the top, I don't know how this topic came about, but this seems to be the topic that's been buzzing up and down the timeline, and it's about minimum wage. Um, talks have been going around that they're gonna raise the minimum wage from $7 and some change an hour to $15 an hour minimum nationwide. And lo and behold, there's a lot of people that have issue with uh, minimum wage being raised, being raised, I mean. Um, 
and the tweet that I shared with Marvin that I wanted to talk about, a person basically says, if $15 minimum wage bothers you because it's more slash the same or too close to what you're making, direct that anger to your bosses who are underpaying you and not the people who are being underpaid. And when I read that, I thought it was interesting because you see a lot of that. People who are saying, hey, I work X, Y, Z, I make this. Now, I don't think it's right if a McDonald's employees makes what I make. They don't look at it from the standpoint of, hey, I'm being underpaid for my services and I should be making more. They get mad for the person who they believe to be lesser is making just exactly. as much as they're making. And what that made me think of is the argument of uh, white people when it comes to black people demanding more rights. Now, it takes nothing away from you, but the fact that if you feel the amount of rights that you have, you repeat feel it. as if repeat you're it. losing. Repeat it, you broke up. You said the fact okay. that you started breaking up like crazy. Okay. The fact that you believe if I were to get more rights, take something away from you speaks volumes. And this argument about minimum wage and people feeling like certain people aren't deserving of it is, it's crazy to me, especially when I see it coming from minorities and the fact that they don't see the correlation with the other argument of trying to get equal rights and then the other, the dominant, uh, the majority race in this country is saying, no, nah, I don't feel comfortable with you having equal rights because they feel as if something would be taken away from them. And it's like, no, nah, nothing's going to be taken away from you. It's just, I'm just going to be treated like a human, just the way you are. And it's like, if you can't see that argument, or if you can see that argument and still fix your lips to say, I don't want this person making what I make is ridiculous. And then you have, like, I want to say, now, back in the days, CEOs of companies would make somewhere between 20 to 30% more of what their average staff made. Now, CEOs make somewhere around 700% more of what staff makes. So when you see somebody saying, well, they can't afford to pay you more because, you know, it cuts into profit and all that, how much is the profit margin? Like... The thing is that 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 CEO salary, that's tied into operation costs. Now, you mean to tell me you can't shave down some of that operation costs so you can pay these people a livable wage? There's no reason why a house or an apartment in 1998 costs, you know, $600 a month. Nothing happens to that apartment. Nothing changes with that apartment. And years go by, and that same apartment is now valued at $1,300. However, minimum wage stayed the same. Like, what sense does that make? Do you honestly think people are still going to be able to? Do you honestly believe that people are still going to be able to afford to live there? Like, something's got to give. We keep bringing up Jay. I'm going to say another line Jay said. What you eat don't make me shit. Exactly. If she get a raise, they're not going to lower my salary. So why do I care? Why would I care what happens to you on your end? If you can live a better life, I'm all for that. I don't lose anything. And honestly, 
if you want to be smart about it, you help her get a raise because it would leverage you getting a raise. I, that's why I, I always look at people who like make those arguments and I'm like, it, it really, if the person at McDonald's who's flipping burgers can't live the way they think of, look, cause I've literally had conversations with people who think this way. And they say, if the person is working at McDonald's and they're making $15, how is that? How is that fair for people who've gone to school and have gone out and now they're making $20, a $20 an hour rate wage but the guy who's flipping burgers at, at Burger King is making 15. Like she's so saying, I had to go get a whole degree to make $5. Like what, you're not putting value on education and this and that. Like, I don't think by giving people $15 a day, you're not giving them any, any way, any encouragement to go and better themselves. But it has nothing to do with bettering yourself is what I said to him. It has nothing to do with bettering yourself. If these people can't live, you're telling these people don't deserve to live because they can right now what they can do is flip a burger a burger that you're gonna run through the drive-thru and get and let's be man college ain't for everybody and if they don't want to go to college that's perfectly fine like you said it doesn't that doesn't that shouldn't be a reason to withhold them from a decent living they should be able to go out and afford an apartment or an efficiency or even a, a down payment on a house or some shit they should be this should be an option for them. But I mean, again, if you're like, okay, I came across this article not too long ago and I thought, and I, every now and then I think back on it and it trips me out. So the average cost of living in Miami is about 35, $36,000. The average salary in Miami is like $31,000. Exactly. And it's like, dude, the, that's crazy where the average person can't even afford to live here. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That shit ain't right. It's not, man. And then with the college degree thing and a person saying, yeah, I got a college degree, but I only make, you know, $28,000 a year. You want to raise this person? Like, and that's, and I'm talking about me personally, when I got my degree and I got my job at FIU, which required that degree, my starting salary was twenty eight thousand yeah. dollars. So if you were to so if you were to pay somebody minimum wage at that time, they would have been making more than me at the time for for what I was earning. Now my opinion is, hell no, nah, I'm not making that kind of money. So why do they deserve to make it? No, nah, that was never my argument. My argument was going to be, I fucking deserve more money. It's not like what that guy eat don't make me shit. So if he could get more for him, great. I'm not going to hate on that. If if he's eating, I'm happy for him. But understand, like, this ain't working for me, which I didn't stay there long. And that was one of my biggest, you know, gripes with that position. It's like, dude, I wouldn't have got a degree. This degree cost me some money in student loans. And this is what y'all paying? You mean to tell me I went through all this shit just to get a job doing this? Now, granted, at the time, not many places were hiring, so I needed something to help get the bills get paid. But once I got it, it was like, all right, I'm, I can't stay here long. I got to find something else because this is fucking ridiculous. All right, man. Talk to me. What's your vibe of the week? You already alluded to it. What's your, give me a new vibe of the week. Matter of fact, oh, let's we start did. classic. Let's start classic. 
Nelly hot in here. <laughs> well, why is Nelly hot in here? Your old school vibe of the week, man. Why is it your classic vibe of the week? I mean, it's just been it's just been on you know on my mind lately. I just oh. I don't know. Uh, speak on it. Speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm, we're gonna do something different. I'm gonna let you talk about your classic and your new vibe of the week because it seemed like they coincide. So go ahead, talk about your new vibe of the week. My new vibe of the week is from a young lady named Erica Banks. Song called "Bust It." Beautiful oh. song. I mean, beautiful, that, beautiful song. I mean, harmonies hit on that song is 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 is, is up there. It's certain and, melodies on there that work for me. And it's a coincidence. But that song happens to sample Nelly's Hot In Here. Beautifully done sample. If you want to hear the song, just simply search Bus It Challenge on Twitter. Hashtag Bus It Challenge. You'll hear the song. You'll love the song. And you'll see all the inspiration is done nationwide. Or you'll hear the 15 seconds that we were referring to in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> we love those 15 seconds particularly. Honestly, I couldn't tell you another lyric, another lyric after is you fucking. <laughs> and please don't ask me to do it. Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't know nothing else after that. Because after that, it start over. <laughs> I played that song once. I thought it was a Megan Thee Stallion song. I'm like, damn, well, Megan get all the dope uh, samples. And I looked, I'm like, oh, this isn't Megan, but this shit is hard. That shit took over my week. I'm, I'm, I'm Not just you. <laughs> and, and even the funny busted challenge, like there was one, uh, the young lady who was wearing a, a like a red shirt and a backpack. And you know, when the beat drops and uh, and the uh, scene change, it changed to that dude who fell off the wall. Oh, the one who fell off the wall during the revolution? <laughs> yeah. I see now. That was funny. That was a good one. That was funny. All right, so my 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 classic vibe of the week, um, as I told y'all, uh, it's been it was a I felt like I was getting overwhelmed a lot this week, and for me, I have a certain playlist on my on my phone. It's called Smile. It's a certain playlist that has certain songs that just bring joy to me. Um, the, you you y'all are probably most of my so a lot of my classic vibes of the week come off of that playlist. Cause they're usually, you know, older songs that that just have stuck around with me throughout my life. That just whenever I hear them, it it it, it puts some light into me. It'll, like songs like Chris Brown Forever. It's just something about that beat that just it, it's very upbeat. It's it's yeah. Life. Um, you know what song I heard from him today, and I forgot how much I liked it was the song Beautiful People. Oh yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. damn! I forgot how much I liked this shit. This Beautiful is a dope People. song. Is on that playlist. Okay. Okay. It's just an upbeat, feeling good tribe by Boss and J. Cole is on this. That is a dope song you put me onto. I love that song. But speaking in particular, on this playlist, the song I'm talking about that really helped lift my spirit. Because every time I hear it, like from the from the sound, it hit from the time it hit, and Tina Marie hit you with that, woo! And it just come on in. Square biz, man. Let me tell you, you don't know square, square, square. Oh, that's not even the words. I learned that that's not the words recently. Here, I'll play it right now. I'm mad you don't know square biz. 
Oh, I know that song. Yeah, man. On, I don't man. know the lyrics, but Nobody I know, know that song. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. It's one of my favorite songs in life. <laughs> But it it just it always it look look how look how as soon as I played it what y'all didn't see was me and Frank was over here full vibing you can see all thirty two teeth in our mouth <laughs> just it's just a good feeling song that song is one of those songs that when you play at a party you can't help but the two step to it you know what I mean can't miss it don't miss it's it's in the same category as that of that Frankie Beverly and Maze yeah. It's, it's up there. It's in that. It's in that category. It's like if you can't groove to that, then you don't need to be here. Yeah, you 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 weren't meant for this world, right? Like, <laughs> uh, like if you can't groove to this, you don't need to be at this party. You need to be doing something else. Like you didn't come out to have fun if you can't get jiggy with this. Can't get jiggy with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my new vibe of the week is on it by Jasmine Sullivan featuring Ari Lennox. Now, Jasmine Sullivan just released her new album, Hotels. Being clear, Hotels. Um, I've been listening to it because, you know, me and Frank have been talking about, you know, maybe doing a review for it, maybe on Clubhouse or something like that. We, you know, we, we developing some new ideas. Um, let us know if you guys are interested in, in maybe us doing like a live a live podcast over over Clubhouse. Maybe, maybe I just want to see what y'all feedback is on that. Definitely. On it, Jasmine Sullivan, Ari Lennox. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about, but it's on a album known as Hotels. And the 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 good raunchiness of, of the song I truly appreciate from two, you know, songstresses. I I, I love I love the song. I, I I'm actually really vibing with the album right now. Y'all know I'm an R&B head, like, to death. I mean, y'all know I'm going to talk hip-hop all day, but I love good R&B music, and that's, yes. that's the vibe that this shit gives. And I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. Ladies, you won't be disappointed. Men, go ahead, throw that in your playlist because your lady's going to love it. All of that. Ladies who love ladies, go ahead and throw that in your playlist. Men who <laughs> love men, throw that in your playlist. It's going to work. <laughs> Everybody going to love it. It, I, it play... It's gonna do what it do, all right. <laughs> Have you added it to that R and B list you shared with me? Nah, see, everything don't get on that R and B list. Like you oh, know, that's what I mean? the cream of the crop. That's after I've I've dealt with you for some for some time and I've churned on it. And I'm like, you know what? You could be a part of this. Now, mind y'all, there are a lot of songs that are part of this. But as Frank, I've shared him. I've shared with him. It's like 36 hours of just pure R and B music. Oh, no, nah, I listen to it. I play it. You know what I mean? That's a dope list, yeah. It, it's great music, but, like, everything in there is, like, songs, like, as soon as you hear it, you know, damn near everywhere. Like, it's, like, a good classic, classic r and I'm going to have to disagree with you there. there. You got some good B-sides that I've never heard before. Hey, and I'm, I'm like, yo, this is this is dope, man. You got to... Y'all should make Marvin share his list. So y'all can all vibe to what he vibes to. Marvin does a great job curating playlists. Thank you for the for the for the shout out about the little B sides. Cause I, you know it's funny when you said a B side. It's a song in there that I didn't even know growing up, but it was made like years ago. But now as an adult, I'm like, damn, how the fuck was I like not on this? 
Like it's something that was that. Um, crave. It's a song like I had never heard, but it's one of my favorite R and B songs on that on that playlist. When you get a chance, stop and listen to it. Okay, I got you. Um, yeah, man, yeah, man. Like I said once again, y'all listen to that Jasmine Sullivan Hotels. You might we you might hear me and Frank discuss it maybe on the next episode or maybe on that on the potential clubhouse. Uh, Did you create your profile so I could send you an invite? Gonna do that right when we get off of this. Um, oh, you could do it tomorrow because I'm going to bed right after this. <laughs> mind y'all, it's Saturday night. It's 11, 18. Frank talking about going to bed. Uh, Yeah. Well, you finna go to bed too. It ain't like the Lakers play right now. Niggas, 11, 18. I'm gonna find something to do. It's a Saturday night. Did you not hear what I just said? It's Corona though. It's Corona though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nigga, I might go shoot some niggas in Call of Duty. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot you. You got a PS Five. I should damn. give you this shirt. Give it because I ain't got the new PlayStation. Yeah, Frank got on the PlayStation shirt. He doing whatever he can to get them to send him something. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Open up the doors for something for him. But on that note, bros, you got anything else you want to bring to the table? Nah, man, I'm good. Don't say this has been a good one. Cause you always say this has been a good one, so okay. I'd be worried. Like, well, damn, <laughs> when we gonna get a great? <laughs> we... <laughs> I know we've had some bad ones. Like, I mean, shit. Yeah. Nah, nah but nah, I'm good. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be. Frank, you can email us at the Samurai Professionals Podcast at gmail.com or wait, what the fuck? You get okay, but you said that completely correct. I know, right? For some reason, <laughs> yeah, that's like, wrong. I, I, you, you fucked me up. I was like, well, what did he say? <laughs> Start over. Keeping it. Go. <laughs> you can email us at the Samurai Professionals Podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with any comments, questions, or even topic suggestions. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at I Can Only Be Frank. And where can they find you, Marvin? You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram as Blah, blah, blah. So you got me. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Marvin X Adams. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>